0: Well hey church, it is fantastic to be back with you and able to share the word with you today. And if you are watching live on our church online platform or Facebook live or YouTube live, I would love you to do something for me. You know, it is so weird standing here in LCF Luton Christian Fellowship at 101 Castle Street preaching to an empty church simply to a camera. So I would love to know how you are feeling today. But there's a catch, I would love to know how you are feeling using just one word or one emoji. So go and jump in the comment section. If you're feeling happy, share a happy face or excited, share an excited face. And maybe you're just feeling a bit sleepy this Sunday because it's been a difficult week. You can share a sleepy emoji as well. But I would love to know how we are finding you today and how you are at the beginning of this message. So go away and share in the comment section or maybe you're watching back on YouTube at a later date or Facebook. You can jump in as well, share a comment, share an emoji. I would love to know especially if you're a guest, when you're watching and where you're watching from as well. But we are sending much love right here from LCF in Luton. And you find us in part five of our current church campaign, hashtag follow looking at what it means to practice the way of jesus you know when we as christians get into jesus teaching we we look at his words we get into the bible we don't just do it to make ourselves feel good for a moment on a sunday morning we believe that the bible is there to be inhabited in our spirit and lived out in our monday to sunday so i hope this week and next as i start uh, a mini series in this campaign that you can pull some things out that are we're really going to speak to you when you can put in your life and use in your everyday to make sure you are continuing to practice the way of Jesus. And, and maybe as I'm preaching, as I said, it's an empty church, but I say something that just connects with your spirit. Let me know in the comments. I would love to see that. I would love to know if you're leaning in or leaning out or where this message finds you. But I just want to look at five verses, as I said, this week and next And there's something for me that are really special about these five verses. They can be found in Luke 18, verses 18 to 23. So if you've got a Bible, you may want to turn there. And we're going to read it together in just a moment. But there's something about these verses that fascinates me. And I wonder, as we read them together in just a moment's time, you can guess what it is that fascinates me about these verses. And I'll give you a little hint. These verses are completely unique in its encounter and in Jesus' conversation than all the other conversations and encounters we see in the Gospels. There's something different about this conversation that we can't see in any other conversation throughout the Gospels. So I'm going to invite Rachel to come and read those verses for us. Keep your ears and eyes open, church, as we read this together, and try and find and let me know in the comments, if you do, what is so unique and fascinating about these verses in Luke 18, 18-23. Thanks, Rachel. Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 23. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honour your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. No wonder, church, did you find that unique thing in these verses? What is different about this? Straight away, you'll see there's there's no amazing miracle that occurs. There's not even really any great moment of revelation for the wider crowd. There may be for the rich and grueler, but there's not really a lesson for the wider crowd there. It's simply a conversation between Jesus and the rich and grueler, who's not named, that we get to eavesdrop in. Let me tell you, if you haven't guessed, why it is so unique. You see, throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which tells the story of Jesus' earthly ministry him going around preaching in the Judean countryside we see time and time again him encounter people and we see time and time again people going to Jesus with a need to be met or a question to be answered there is something in them that that they need to get from Jesus so we see blind eyes opening we see dead people being raised we see people impacted and cut to the heart as Jesus preaches I think of Jesus most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 to 7 just great revelation retreats But the uniqueness of this conversation with the rich young ruler is this. You see, the rich young ruler goes to Jesus with a ready heart. He has a question that I'm sure for for maybe months, even years, he has been holding on to and grasping and and, and maybe chewing over with God. You see, many scholars believe this rich young ruler was actually a religious leader and he wants to know how he can inherit eternal life. And of course, he would have heard the gospel, he would have spread like wildfire what Jesus was doing and how how he was doing it all through the area, and this man finally gets his moment where he can push through the crowd. I'm sure he used some elbows to get to the foot of Jesus, and imagine that he gets to look Jesus in the eye, to see his facial expressions, to be able maybe even to to to, to discern something behind those eyes. And he asks the question, "Good teacher, how can I get eternal life?" The uniqueness is that this man leaves Jesus in a worse condition than when he first approached him. That is what is so different about these five verses. You see, everywhere else in Scripture, when people come to Jesus with a real need, they always get more than what they came for. They come with this great ambition, this great need they need fulfilling, and time and time again, we see Jesus, the, the Bible often says he had compassion on the people. Time again, he heals. Time again, he liberates. Time and time again, he sets free. But this one man... He comes with a burning question. I'm sure that has been in his heart and his mind for so long. He finally gets the opportunity to speak to it. But how does he leave Jesus? Does he leave excited or jubilant? Does he leave inspired, encouraged? Well, verse 23 tells us no. When Jesus answers him, he says, but when the man heard this, he became, look at the adjective there, very sad, for he was very rich you know we're talking about emojis this morning and how we're feeling if this man was having a text conversation with Jesus he wasn't seeing him face to face let's use 21st century language or lingo this wouldn't have been one sad emoji this would have been a paragraph of tear-filled faces he was very sad why because Jesus told him to give away all his wealth all his riches all of his possessions and he was why he wasn't just rich he was very rich so let's pause there for just a moment. We're going to come back to this encounter in a minute. But I want to take you now back about five years to an encounter in my house. And you find me about 12 months married, okay? 12, 13 months married, Becky and I. We, we, we're living in Northampton. we recently married, 12 months in. And we had a really crazy first year of marriage. Because in our first year of marriage, after three months of wedded bliss, we suddenly found out that we... We're having a baby. We had conceived Judah, our firstborn, light of our life, okay? So that first year of marriage was not only me learning how to look after another person, and bearing in mind I'm 24, and, and really, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit of a mommy's boy, so I'm I'm just about looking after myself. And I've got my now beautiful, radiant wife who I'm looking after, and suddenly I've got this uh, th- this moment in the hospital where, you know, Becky's been pregnant for so long, and now I've got this hot little bundle of a child who I've got to look after as well. It was a crazy, crazy year, uh, trying to figure out firstly how to be married and then how to be a dad. And those first few months with Judah were absolutely amazing, of course they were, but they were also absolutely mental. I mean, I like my sleep, I like my routines, I like my rhythms, I'm quite an ordered person, I like to have things in blocks, but you know, when you have a baby, goodness me, it all goes out the window. You're up all night, you're changing... Five million nappies a day. You, you're having to make milk, but it's not like milk from a jug. You have to use powder and then kettle water, and then you've got to heat it to the right temperature. Just mental. And and I remember after a particularly frantic few weeks, uh, we got a date in the diary to go out, and you know, romantic I am. I'd booked a table at a very special restaurant. You may know it called Nando's. Okay, and. Uh, And I was just really looking forward to getting out. Becky's mum, Linda, was going to come over and look after Judah for us for the evening. And we were just going to have some time to reconnect as a couple, to get out, have a date night, uh, and really just enjoy each other's company without having to change nappies or prep food or, you know... Build cots and prams, which I'm hoping at DIY, and was always rubbish at. But we were going to go out on a date, and and I remember just being really excited about it. I even put a shirt on to go out, and I uh, went to get a, a fresh fade, similar to the one I've got now, getting my hair cut, looking good. And Becky was getting ready for about three hours. So, you know, that's that's normal. It, married men, you know, powders, perfumes, lipstick, eyeshadow. Lip gloss, eyebrows drawn out. Oh, you know, it was the works. It was a special night. And and as we're leaving, I'm pulling on my jacket. Becky's pulling on her jacket. And she went, Mike, do I look okay? I went, Becky, light of my life, radiance of my day. You look absolutely amazing. And she went, well, you know, I'm, you know, we, I'm, I'm just trying to look nice. And I'm not sure if this dress is nice. Does it look okay? I said, Becky, it looks phenomenal. She went, but how does my butt look? Does my butt... Look big in this. Now, straight away, men, if you have been married, you no doubt 100% would have had this question at some point in your marriage. And if it was early on, you would know straight away. And younger guys, those who are engaged or dating or or newly married, let me give you a little moment of advice. You see, the question here, does my book look big in this, would imply that you have a choice in the answer. Absolutely not. There's one answer, one correct answer always, okay? So bearing in mind, Becky's just had a baby. She looks absolutely phenomenal. And I said, no, your, your butt looks fine. It maybe looks a little bit, you know, tight in your dress, but it looks good. And, you know, that was the wrong answer for that moment. Uh, and, you know, it put a shadow over the rest of our nights. But enough of the group therapy. This is the question I want to focus on today. He's, Does my butt look Big in this, And that is a strange question to ask in church, isn't it? And, and it's probably not one you've heard from the platform before. But I was just really struck by the New Living Translation version of what we learn about this man leaving Jesus. See, the verse opens like this. It opens with a but. But when the man heard this, he became very sad. You see, before the but, he was hopeful. Before the but, he was excited. Before the but, he knew he was going to have an answer to his question. But as soon as the answer left Jesus' mouth, a great big but appeared. And this is the big question I want to ask us to consider today. And write this down if you're a note taker. you got a notebook or a pad, uh, yeah, a tablet, an iPad, an iPhone. Write this down. Does my but look big in this? You know what? So often in the Christian life, Jesus will give us invitation after invitation to walk and to follow him, just like he did with the rich young ruler. He literally said, come follow me. But the man couldn't because his but got in the way. So let's look at the English meaning of the word but, just in case you're unfamiliar with it. This is how the dictionary defines it. A but is used to introduce a phrase or a clause, look at this really important word, contrasting with what has already been mentioned. Used to introduce a phrase or clause, contrasting with what has already been mentioned. You see, when Becky was asking me as we were walking out the door, does my butt look big in this? What she was really asking was, does a part of me look out of proportion to the rest of me? And you know what? So often in our Christian life, when Jesus asks something of us, whether it's to follow him, whether it's something grandiose or something really small... We so often throw in this word, but, because all the things start coming to our mind. You see, as that rich and ruler is facing Jesus, and Jesus says, you know what, come follow me. This is what you need to do. Give everything away, all your wealth, all your possessions. I can imagine in that split second, that man's brain whizzing. And this is what you would have heard in the man's brain if you could peep in and see what was going on. You would have heard, but what about my mortgage? But what about my Ferrari payments? But what about that new expensive phone contract I've just taken out? But what about that thing that my wife loves, X, Y, Z, or that thing my kids love that I won't be able to afford if I do this? But, 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 you know what? It is such a simple word, but it holds so much power. And you know what, I'm not just talking about the big grandiose statements that Jesus puts in our life, whether it's through a preach or or the word of God or through a friend, or maybe you hear directly from God something you need to do to follow him, and and that but appears, and it's a big thing, and it's something you struggle with. It also happens in the really little things as well. You know, we're talking about practising the way of Jesus. Well, actually... When you're walking your day-to-day and you have to forgive someone who really doesn't deserve to be forgiven, the first thing that will come into your mind when you feel that conviction to forgive someone and to practice the Jesus way is but that person did this to me. Or maybe it's to be compassionate and to take some time out of your day to go and sit with someone, but I haven't got time to do that. I've got a deadline here and I've got a commitment there. You see, these buts come in all shapes and sizes. But the question I want to ask you is does your butt look big in this is to consider when Jesus is asking something of you, whatever that looks like, is it out of proportion? Is the but bigger in font to the thing that Jesus is asking you because it's in those but moments that we get tripped up and we get taken out of the path of following Jesus. You see, I believe the Christian life and the walk of faith and the walk of following Jesus isn't so much about the destinations. It's simply about keeping your eyes on where he's leading. You see, following Jesus isn't a means to an end. Following Jesus is an end in itself. And the Christian life is with what i want to call liminal spaces and you may be unfamiliar with the term so let me explain what a liminal space is a liminal space is the time between the what was the before and the next it is a place of transition and not knowing and i just think that is such a beautiful sentence that encapsulate the walk of faith you know what Following Jesus isn't about sitting in prayer meetings. Following Jesus isn't even about just attending church. It is so much more than that. The life of following Jesus is so rich and diverse and hugely, I believe, terrifying sometimes because Jesus asks us so often to go from what was and what is safe and what is comfortable into what is Next. So let's talk for a moment about liminal space. And this word liminal actually is a Latin word and it literally means threshold. It's a space between. And I wonder if you can imagine for a moment walking down a corridor, a tight corridor and getting to a threshold and opening a door on a brand new wide open space. You know what? the life of Jesus, as I've said, isn't one of destination. It's not about holding on to get somewhere. The life of Jesus is about extending the kingdom of God here on earth. It's not just about holding on tight while we're here on earth and and keeping your head tucked in your hands and getting through to the next day to the next day till finally you can get to the time when Jesus comes back or you die and you go and be with Jesus in heaven. That isn't the point of the gospel. It is simply a part of the gospel. You see, the point of the gospel is to be god's image bearers right here on earth extending the kingdom of god pushing the boundaries crossing thresholds introducing people to the person who saved you and who saved me and it's so often when we get in these liminal spaces when we get to a threshold of god doing something new not only in our lives personally but also corporately as a church that the butts begin to appear You see, we so often talk about the enemy and the enemy wants to cut in and to destroy. We know John 10... Quote it all the time, John 10.10 The enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy Absolutely he does But so often we are our own worst enemies Because as creatures of habit As humans we love just being Safe and comfortable While safe and comfortable isn't the life that Jesus Calls us to, you see Jesus Calls to live a life of more Jesus calls us to live a life of extending Boundaries, Jesus calls Us to be image bearers And kingdom proclaimers As we go into our every days into our office spaces into our friendship groups and into our families but when the buts are fear it keeps us static you know what jesus i think plans for us is always to go and going is to grow and i want to show you a picture and and please do keep this picture between you and i i i promise that this picture would never ever see the light of day okay This picture I'm about to flash up on the screen was taken back in June by my wife and And, you know, we're in lockdown and at the beginning of lockdown, I thought I'm going to use my time wisely. You know, we're new at LCF. We've crossed over a threshold from Northampton. We are following, we believe, the call of God in our life, leaving what was known and safe and really fantastic, actually, to cross a threshold into the unknown at LCF. We honestly believe God is calling us there. We're going to make the most of lockdown. I'm going to get fit physically, spiritually and mentally. And you know what? March, lockdown happened, I was going out on walks, I was connecting with people in our church, I was in a really good place. April it started to get a little bit more frantic and hectic and more restrictions and and the walks started to drop off, the healthy eating started to drop off. I was still doing the church work though, thank goodness, but all these rhythms and routines started to get a little bit blurred around the edges. And come June, you can find me sitting uh, on the sofa, and I'm reading a book called Love Thy Body, okay? It's a Christian book, and it's all about being human. And uh, this is the picture that Rebecca, my beautiful wife, sent me, okay? And here's the irony. The book is called Love Thy Body, and you can quite see this is a very unflattering photo. But please, as I said, keep this photo between you and I. Don't share it. Don't send it anywhere, okay? I, I love the byline that Becky put with this picture. She texts me this picture, and this is what she said. She said, sort it out. Sort it out. Do you know what? My butt for healthy eating, for getting physical exercise, for keeping myself physically well, I got so big, I got so drowned out. I lost focus of what I'd set out to do at the beginning of lockdown, of taking some time of an evening to go for a jog or a run or a walk. My butt got too big because I lost focus of what I wanted to do. And you know what? What is true physically is absolutely true mentally and spiritually as well. We need to keep our butts in check because when your butt is too big it will still focus from where you're supposed to be headed And you know what? I want to tell you, if you're watching this morning or whenever you're watching, afternoon, evening, as you follow Jesus, he will always call you to more, whether it's to forgive someone or whether it's to reconcile a relationship, whether it is to let your yes be yes or your no be no, all these things we see Jesus in the gospel, he's telling us to do to follow him, whether it's a big life changing things. And it's in those moments, it's really, really easy to grab a book and to lose focus and to miss where you're heading. What you need to know is when you follow Jesus, we will always be following forward. We will always be following forward. And you know what? There may be some twists and turns in the road because life isn't perfect. We all know that, don't we? There's bumps and there's hiccups and there's roadblocks and there's thistles and there's stones you turn your ankle over on. But when you get to those times when you're just really struggling, you're feeling down in the dumps, you don't need to look at the destination three miles ahead. All you need to do is search your eyes and follow Jesus and he will only be one step ahead. He will be taking you to that threshold place. And I love this verse. He will be wanting to bring you into a wide open place. Look at this, Psalm 18, 19. He brought me out. It's talking about God the psalmist here. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Church, I want to tell you, if you are following Jesus today, he's calling you forward. He's calling you not to get uh, caught up in where you are, not to get caught in the mud, just like I was in lockdown. And it was only a few months ago, beginning of July, after receiving that picture that I thought I need to get myself sorted. And I started rallying people around me. There's a great guy in our church, Jordan Taylor, and Jordan lives about three doors up from me. Because, you know what, I would never get out and start by myself because the destination of being fit and being healthy and eating right seems so far away. It took Jordan coming to my front door, knocking the door and pulling me out in the rain, in the wind, in the sun, whatever the weather was. And you know what? As I started running, Jordan slowed himself down for me so I could keep up. If you don't know Jordan, Jordan actually used to run for county and I think maybe even country. And he didn't just he used to do long distance running. I mean, this guy is a sprinter. But Jordan slowed himself down for me. So my view for, for many months now has been the back of jordan's head as i've sought to follow him see i'm not looking at a destination of being ridiculously fit that i can run a marathon what i am doing at the moment is simply looking at the back of jordan's head because i know if i can follow jordan it will get me to where i need to be and thank goodness it is starting to work and that is exactly the same with jesus you know what you don't need to look at where you need to be or where you have to be if you are looking at the back of jesus head or maybe he even turns around every now and again gives you a, a look full in the face. As long as you are seeing him in front of you, you are going in the right direction. So I want to tell you that every invitation from Jesus will take us to a threshold of the unknown. It is here that a choice must be made. We have two choices in that moment. To retreat into what was known. Or to proceed into the unknown. And this is a scary thing with Jesus. You see, Jesus always calls us forward into the unknown. Think again of the rich young ruler. He's probably been rich for decades. Maybe he's even been born into a family of wealth. It is all he has ever known. And literally, in a conversation, Jesus is asking him to do something so ridiculously massive for him and his life that he just can't take that step over the threshold, past that liminal space, into a spacious process let me tell you, when Jesus asks you to do something, we looked at sacrifice, didn't we, a few weeks ago, when he asks you to lay something down, whatever that looks like, whether it is wealth or a relationship or, or a forgiveness issue, whatever it is, when he asks you to lay it down at that moment, he will always give you something better to take up. God, he says in the Bible, in the Gospels, is a good father. He's not going to give you anything horrible. He always wants you to be getting the good things he has for you. Let me tell you, never, and I, I absolutely underline that word, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a good God who knows you better than you know yourself. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a good God who knows you better than you know yourself. And I want to tell you, you know, we're in a season that is Zoom-orientated. The physical gatherings are, are dwindling. You know, it's so difficult to get in a place. You can't meet with groups more than six. There's so much we're limited to and can't do. Everything is on Zoom and online. And as Becky looked at last week, a but church is so much easier when it's on Zoom. When you haven't got to look at your fellow churchgoers, your friends, your family in the eye and say you are no, It's just got to be a text or it's just got to be a no-show. And it's just missing live group one week or two weeks or a month. And it's just not turning up to church or watching back for a week or a month. Do you know what? Your butt is so much easier. And we need to watch out not just for the big butts, but also the small butts. Do you know what? As we're following Jesus and we take a step off the path, it's not too much of an issue when you're taking a step off the path and there's only a meter or two between you and Jesus. But as you begin to take another step or another degree off that path and Jesus is going a mile that way and you're going a slight angle to your left you're going to get to a point where Jesus is so far away from you you can't see him and you're stuck out in the reeds and in the forest and you're not sure where you are you know what, the small buts add up to big buts I'd really encourage your church not just with coming to LCF or live groups or prayer meetings but watch your small buts in every area of your life in your devotional time well, you know, I can't do my devotion today because I've got that Zoom call at eight o'clock, so I'll just do it tomorrow. And I can't do my, my Bible reading today because, you know what, there's, there's that stuff that I need to get done and it's a butt and it's a butt and a butt. Watch the small butts as well as the big butts. So I'm going to pause there for this week. I'm going to continue this thought next week. And I really hope that this week, as you just consider that one question, does my butt look big in this? Whatever that looks like contextually for you you will allow God to prompt some things in your spirit that will help you become more like Jesus in how you practice your day to day. Ask this question, pray this prayer Lord Jesus, is there any buts in my life that are going to hinder the invitation of following you into what is next? Help me Lord Jesus in this liminal place this next threshold you are bringing me to help me cross over from the safe space into the spacious place that you have next to me and help me Lord Jesus be a light in my community in my workplace in my family for your name and your gospel and your kingdom amen well church join us in the chat throw up an emoji how you're feeling at the end of this message hopefully encouraged you and inspired you and i'm really excited to carry on how big is your book next week part two see you in just a moment